Blog Talk Radio. Body, Spirit, You on Blog Talk Radio. This show is a collaboration between five women and spirit or universe, all brought to you by www.mindbodyspiritu.com. That's the letter U. There are weekly shows on Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, two Wednesdays a month at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and two Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time covering topics about all things healing, spiritual, metaphysical and we even throw in a bit of science. Many of our shows include time for you to ask for assistance on your journey and you will be able to experience some amazing healing modalities and receive guidance, authentic spiritual guidance, right here, right now. Many are aware of the quickly changing perspectives about our mind, bodies, and spirits, and that's exactly what we are here to discuss. So please join us in the spiral of life, and together we will learn, grow, and heal. Now let's get started with today's show. Hi everyone and welcome to the show. This is the Holistic Health Hour with me, Certified Holistic Life Strategies Coach, Aleka Thorvalson. And this is a show that looks at health in a whole new way. So what that means is we're going to look and look at health and wellness from a mind body, spirit, and soul perspective. So it's my intention to create a new kind of dialogue about our health and about our bodies and about our lives that really that really empowers us to make real and lasting changes from the inside out. And before we get on with tonight's show, which is going to be awesome, I, I can't wait to talk about this topic, I want to first thank you for all the response and questions and feedback I got regarding the last show. And if you missed it, it's archived, so go back and listen to it. But if you missed it, the last show I highlighted the connection between the concept of soul, soul contract, and purpose. Uh, we, we defined what those two, two things were, how they were different, and, and how, they, um, how they work together as well. But you know how we can decipher our contract and purpose by looking at our life in the present moment. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on for many of us right now. The energy of the time is certainly about growth and transformation, which inherent to that means it's about letting go, which isn't always easy, right? Letting go can be very challenging. But it's important to remember that we're letting go to make room for something new. And that's appropriate when we talk about the, the topic this evening, um, for tonight's show, we're going to go deeper into that theme. Um, and on the last show, I also did live readings, which was super fun. And if you want to, as I said, you want to take a listen, it's archived, you can listen to it. I, I really love doing live readings, and I hope to do that in the future. We're not going to be doing live readings this evening. This is Memorial Day, and so we're going to be, um, this is a recorded show. But it's, it's going to be packed full of information. And of course, if you have questions about tonight's topic, or if you'd like to get a reading with me, um, or as, you know, give us any feedback at all, please feel free. And you can, you can do that at Mind, Body, Spirit, You. That's the letter U. That's our website. Really easy to find. Um, all right, so let's just dive right in, right? Let's just go right into this, this concept of feelings. So this is a subject which, in my opinion, I don't think it gets spoken about near enough in our culture. And especially in regards to healing, healing our bodies physically, and, you know, finding this authentic expression of self and self-discovery. 
even in regards to soul contract and purpose, right? And this the topic that we're going to be talking this, about this evening is feelings. So what are they? What are feelings? Why are they important? What are they here to tell us? And are they even something we should listen to? And after we listen to them, what do we do with them? These are great questions and and, and questions that we're going to take a look at this evening. Because understanding feelings is a critical step, in my opinion, to living a wholehearted and engaged and purposeful life. So if you're having if you're having challenges, if you're having health issues, if you're having life issues, if you're having relationship issues, then understanding and getting in touch with your feelings is really important to to your healing. So this is going to be you know an, an important show to understand just how to do that. So let's let's just go. Let's just go right into it. What are feelings, right? We you know, I love to just dive right into the deep end of the pool. So, and I'm going to try and be brief because I only have so much time here. Um and honestly, I could talk about this topic for probably I could probably do a whole seminar like weekend on this, but let's just start in the beginning here. Um de- the definition of feelings are the result of an emotion through our personal filter. Let me say that again. The feelings are defined by, they are the result of an emotion through, filtered through our personal filters. So we know that everything is energy, right? So an emotion, an emotion is simply an energetic impulse traveling from one place to another. It's energy in motion, emotion. So first, there is a stimulus. Right, we get this stimulus, this 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 event, and then there's a release of energy, which is the emotion, energy in motion. It, you know, so first we get something that creates turbulence, meaning positive or negative. It's just turbulence to the system. It could be, you know, winning the lottery to getting a frightening diagnosis. Energy is released, and then this energy gets filtered as all data we take in gets filtered. Um, it gets filtered through our own filtering system. And if you want, I'll just give you an aside here, if you want more on that, like our filtering and conditioning, then you should listen to my show on affirmations, the truth of affirmations, because I go deeply into how those filters are put in place and how we actually filter data. But regardless of that, so we have this energy meeting our filter of conditioning, which is, you know, to be brief, it's all of our past. To all of our what we got as conditioning and beliefs, all of that it's um that creates our filter, so we get this energy filtered through this filter, and at that moment that we have the marriage of of that belief with that emotion, we get a feeling now. Uh, I know that might be a little bit difficult to grasp. Maybe not, right? And, and if you think about it, it's kind of like this. Say if you have a flashlight and you also have maybe one of those um, those transparencies, right, maybe a red one, and you put it in front of the flashlight, then everything that shows up in that light, even though the original light is white, it shows up as red. If you change that filter, if you change that um, transparency with that flashlight behind it to blue, everything is blue, so it's very similar to that. We get the energy moving into our filter, and then how we create meaning from that emotion is known as a feeling, is totally dependent on our filter and our conditioning. Um, and that's the reason why people have different feelings about similar events, right? What one person's fetish is another person's phobia. Um, feelings are totally personal. What makes you happy may not be what makes me feel happy or sad or angry. So that's an important piece when we dive deeper into this concept of feelings and why they're important to us because it's important to remember that our feelings are created by our beliefs and our conditioning, and so they're very personal. They're very personal to us. So our feelings are very real. They're always real, and they're always valid, and they always tell us the truth from our perspective. But they need to be questioned a bit because sometimes they're not always right. 
for another person or even the present situation, right? They may not always be accurate descriptions of the present moment because they they, they have this tie-in with our past, this tie-in with our conditioning from our past. So they, you know, as we, we filter this energy through our conditioning, to some extent we get our feelings based on information from the past. So feelings are not right or wrong. They're just reflections of our conditioning. So that's an important piece to remember. So why have them, right? What, are the, what is the purpose of these feelings? Well, we, and we have these things all day, every day, feelings. We have them all the time. But why? And when I ask my clients about this, I ask pretty much every single one of my clients, what's the purpose of feelings? And to be honest, many don't know. And quite honestly, I, I don't. There, there's, there's nothing, um, certainly nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, it's understood that when I, I mean, I started this work many years ago. I had absolutely no idea either. I knew I had these things called feelings. I, I knew I had very powerful sensations of energy flowing through me, and I probably was even able to label them accurately if I was paying attention to them. But did I know what they were for? Did I know what purpose they served? I can honestly say I, I had never even thought about it. So how can these things that we have every day, you know, almost every moment of the day, be such a mystery to us? Well, that, that's, a, that's another question, but let's get into first what's the purpose. Quite simply, the whole purpose of feelings is um, feelings give us information, much like our senses give us information about our external world and our environment, our feelings give us really vital information about our inner world. So say we go outside and we, you know, we we get a sensation of heat. We know that, you know, what that means for the weather that day. We might want to dress appropriately and or cold, right? Same thing. Our feelings have the ability to give us really good information about our inner world, our psyche, maybe even our soul selves. So I like to think of feelings as the barometers of this inner weather system. And feelings like the water element that they represent in us, feelings just want balance. In fact, their whole purpose is to bring equilibrium to the system. So they arise to give us important data about what we need to attend to, about what we might need to face, what we need to let go of, what we need to defend. They quite simply give us information, and then feelings give us the energy. Remember, they're energy and emotion. They give us the energy to move forward that matches the information they give us. So they they give us the information and then the wisdom and then the energy to make to act accordingly so we can move forward. So if we're not in touch with this, this part of us, this, this feeling part of us, then we lack all the information that's needed to make good decisions because we will likely not have all the information that we need. And why is that important? Well, as I said, Feelings give us information. And you see, we you know, we all have this guidance system, and we all, I think, know about this part of us, right? It's called the IQ, our logical mind. And this is a great part of, our, um, of the way we process data and the way that we sort information and, that, and the way that we, we access and utilize it. Now, our logical mind is awesome for giving us information about uh, maybe analyzing data or scheduling or organizing information, doing our taxes, following laws. This is all important, right? When we need to measure time, we need to create some structure, laws and procedure, then our IQ is fabulous for that. It's, it's, it's so important that we all drive in an organized fashion, right? We need that structure. We need that. But often what we lack and what we desperately need is balance. So we need to balance this very linear and logical side of our, of our being with something equally as important. 
And to do that, we need to develop and embrace our EQ or our emotional intelligence because our feelings are vital for answering the questions that our logical intelligence, our IQ, cannot. So this other part of our of our guidance system, our EQ, it, it, it also gives us vital information, but it gives us a different kind of information than our IQ. And as, as, a, as a holistic life coach and as someone who works with, with many, many clients, you know, and I often get asked the big questions. Uh, you know, I, I, I draw in clients with questions such as, what's my life purpose? Um, questions about soulmates. Questions about why is this situation that I'm in, this relationship pattern, this health issue, why does it keep showing up? Or creating meaning um, from something that seems to have no meaning at all. You know, um, questions about healing pain or healing trauma or healing a health condition or, or helping someone if they feel stuck. These are exceptional questions, questions we should all ask. We should all ask those. Um, and, and ones that we all probably do ask ourselves at one point or another. This is the rub, though. This is the thing. Those questions, none of those questions are logical questions. You know, when we're talking about stuff like soul or soul contracts or love or purpose or healing, or these are not logical things. Life from in these this this realm often makes no logical sense. You know, this is especially apparent when really difficult things happen in our lives. When we I've had these moments, my friends, I have said there is no way that my soul decided on this one. Right? This everything up until now I've been on board with, but this right now, this not on board with this. Right? In my logical mind, it makes absolutely no sense why this thing should be happening. You know, and, and so we're never going to get the answers to those questions, those really good questions, by accessing our IQ or by utilizing our logical mind. So these questions are only going to be answered and best answered through the lens of feeling, right? A, a feeling of, of feeling senses like intuition, of um, feeling empathy, of compassion, so feelings, you know, in this way, really become the messengers from our deepest selves to answer those questions that we're asking that logic cannot answer. So without accessing the information of our feelings, it's very difficult to make good decisions because we are missing half half the map. We're missing half the information. And I, I personally think that's why so many of us are confused you know, in our life, why we ask these questions, that we're not readily conditioned to access this part of us. You know, we really don't get taught that we can utilize our feelings in such a way. We And we honestly don't even get taught that feelings have vital, important information to give us or that they're tools to help us really navigate through life. And, and, and you know, so what... And, it's an important piece to recognize that we have this guidance system and to start doing what we can to start accessing it. And, and I'll be giving you some, some tools, perhaps, to, um, to start doing that. Now, one of the things that I want to also mention is that feelings and memory, the way that it works in our brain, and I promise I'm not going to get too much into the whole physiology of it, maybe another show, um, but feelings and memory are often linked in such a way that they're they're necessary for our survival, right? Because feelings are, are are very very important for our survival mechanism. So in times of stress, when our primitive or reptilian mind um, takes over for protection, feelings are accessed to know just what to do, even without our permission. So it's like you know if we have a feeling. Um, we have a memory about getting chased by um, a, a, a goose when we were younger. The, the feeling is going to be attached to that memory in such a way that when we get that feeling of fear, bam, we don't have to necessarily go through all the memory, blah, 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 you know, to try to figure out what that was. All of a sudden, that, that feeling attached to that memory bumps that um, 
situation up right to the forefront of our mind. So it, it creates a hierarchy of understanding. So this phenomenon of linking feelings and memories is the, is the phenomenon um, of or the basis of PTSD and anxiety and other situations where we have intense emotion. And that's something that I want to talk about because, you know, the finding, and this is something that I get a lot with my clients, um, what's the wisdom of anxiety, what's the wisdom of fear, right? But we can find the wisdom in the fear of even trauma, just like we can use the wisdom and energy of any of our feelings. And that's, I just want to make note of that. We'll go deeper into that, perhaps at the end of the show, if we have time. But our feelings then, seen from this perspective, become the waterway of our deep subconscious bringing vital data to our conscious mind. So when we start working with anxiety in the present moment, we can actually start using that to link back to situations similar to that that are unhealed, because anxiety is it definitely has to do with um, fear that has been trapped in such a way. So we can utilize that, um, those feelings, to move backwards in time, to be able to heal parts of our past that, you know, we can heal by feeling in the present moment um, and utilizing the energy now to, to, really, to really heal those, those past um, situations. So feelings often arise in the places where we need to do, quote-unquote, work, Right, The rage that you feel because your husband is late can be about right now. But how about all the other times that you felt abandoned you know, or that you felt not listened to or in the anger that you feel about you know, maybe that you were abandoned by your mother when you were young? Right? Could that be part of it? So you know, maybe the sadness that's arriving you know, at the loss of something in your life right now, if you're feeling the sting of abandonment and maybe the feeling that's coming up that needs to be to be worked through is sadness. And so you, you feel this intense sadness about something now that even in your logical mind you might say, boy, that's not that big of a deal. Why am I so sad? Well, in this way we can really utilize our feelings to access parts of us that are still left unhealed. So we can heal the sadness of our past when we feel the sadness of the present. And that is a wonderful thing because the feelings really are linked to our past and our memories in such a way that when we feel in the present, we have the ability to heal the past. And that's, that's really important information when we're talking about um, healing and finding our purpose and, and health issues, right? This is a huge um, piece. Because and I don't, I'm not going to go too in depth um, into that topic this evening. But you know, stuck energy in certain parts of our body can absolutely get us to pay attention. It can it can cause dis-ease in some ways. So feeling really does allow us to get deeper into our story in such a way that it can promote healing. Right? We can go in with the intention to transform it. And I, I must say that much of the work I do with people is an extension of this. This, this is a, a huge part of the work that I do, making sense of this stuff now, healing the past by looking at what's going on in your present. So in many ways, I think from this perspective, feelings really are like a fire alarm, alerting us to the presence of a fire. It says, hey, you know, there's the energy in the system with important information. And if there's fire alarms going off, it's saying, hey, pay attention. And just as it would be of no value, right, if there's a fire alarm going off right now, it's not helpful for me to go turn off the alarm and just get back to talking. It, it, to hope that ignore the fire, right? But that's so often what we do with feelings. We have these feelings, and they come up, and they're often pretty intense. And we might, in my case, we rationalize them because that's what I do with my feelings, right? I'm just pure on into trying to make sense of them, work through them, maybe spiritually bypass my way um, through them. Now, I worked very hard not to do that, but that's my way of managing. That's, that's my conditioning. So you might block them. We might ignore them. Um, we might shame them. It's another way. You know, we get that one a lot growing up. What are you? If you I'll give you something to cry about. What are you crying for? Right? How dare you? Shaming them, very um, 
very detrimental and painful way of blocking feelings, but we we do it, right? We stuff them. Maybe we drink them away. We eat them away so we have an addiction to manage them. We project them on everyone else around us, and, and we use that victim mentality to stay stuck. We might even try to manage them, micromanage them, um, by, you know, if we can just get everything perfect around us, then we can not have all these feelings that we're having. We distract from them. So, And we can also fuse with them to such a way that that's not healthy either, where we become them, and that's more of that victim mentality, right? So we we also learn, so that's one thing we do. We can block them, right, or, or, or distract from them. The other thing that we do with feelings is, you know, we we get conditioned that and we learn that certain feelings are acceptable and others are not acceptable. And and this is a cultural thing to some extent, right? I think we all get that. I mean, I think it's pretty um, making broad strokes here that some feelings are, are more acceptable for men, i.e. anger, but not so much sadness. And for women, sadness is more okay, um, but not anger. Right? Those, those are just uh, just a couple. And in family systems themselves have their own conditioning about what is acceptable and what feelings aren't. We get messages growing up like, be nice, don't be angry, oh, don't be jealous. That's a bad one, right? Um, you have nothing to be sad about. And, and you know, so we get these these these. Um, messages growing up, and it teaches us how to really um, not connect with our feelings or that even that there's something that's sinister or bad or needs to be hidden or shameful about our feelings. So depending on your circumstances and on on the culture that you were raised in and, and your family, you likely got very powerful messages regarding what feelings were acceptable and then those feelings or those those conditioning um, those conditioning practices that you got are likely running the show now. So the way in which you were taught to avoid or control your feelings then are likely the same ways that you're doing it now. And and so we get really good at this, you know. I mean, we are really good as a culture at numbing our feelings or numbing in general. But this is the issue, right? We can't numb indiscriminately. We we can't turn down the volume on sadness or despair and not numb joy. We can't do it. We can't numb jealousy or rage and not numb contentment. You know, and, and one of the common things I see working with people um, is that this feeling of, of, you know, clients report feeling numb, stuck or purposeless or bored, right? And that's that's exactly right because the gift of that, the gift of, of boredom is that when we have numbed our feelings, what happens is we, we numb the volume, we turn down the volume on our whole life. So when we have turned down the volume of our inner guidance system, we feel passionless. We feel disconnected because in many ways we are. We're disconnected from that part of us that has the energy, the juice, the information, the wisdom that's going to tell us this is where you need to go, right? This is what you need to do. So if you're feeling a little stuck, if you're feeling out of touch with your purpose, if if you're feeling disconnected from your life, if you're feeling disconnected from your intuition, if you're feeling like you need some change or transformation, if life is showing up, right, because that's how it works too, if life is showing up and looking at you in the face and saying, you're changing, right, you're on board this train and you're not getting off and, and you're feeling a little overwhelmed, well, the first step that I'm going to suggest to you is to get in touch and to start sawing back into your feelings because, when we block our feelings and we try or we try to numb or we try to repress them, and we might be successful at it for, for a while, but they don't actually go away. Remember what I said earlier, what they are. They're energy. And energy cannot be created or destroyed. It has to be transformed. 
So when we're not utilizing this energy, when this energy is not getting expressed, then it gets stuck in our bodies. And it can create patterns of, oh, what have I seen? Um, However, you name it. But inflammation is a big one. Pain, um, excess weight, hormonal issues, um, you name it. Right. If there, many many times the stuck energy is just feelings that that need to be um, understood. And so I, I mean, I've really seen patterns of um, stuck emotions with specific health issues or organs um, across the board, really. You know, and I'll also say so it can get you know energy can get stuck in our physical body, but energy can also get stuck in our psyche, and this is one of the um, common symptoms where people will report feelings of anxiety or panic, right? And I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, which is like, sort of like this volcano effect. Um, typically fear, where we're stuffing and we're stuffing and we're stuffing. Again, and I also want to say, maybe we're stuffing on purpose, but maybe we just don't know how to utilize it. Maybe we're getting all this information, fear is coming into the system, and no one has taught us how to utilize fear. No one has taught us the gift of fear. So we just do what we can do with it, which is to sort of turn it down, numb it, stuff it, put it somewhere. And so when this energy gets stuck, it gets stuck and stuck and stuck. And then, like, you know, what what tends to happen is it releases emotion all at once. You know, kind of like think about a hose, um, where you know if you if you kink a hose and you turn it on full blast, you're gonna feel that build up and that build up and that build up and that build up. And this just happened to me, y'all, because I got <laughs> I went out yesterday and um, someone had left a hose on and one of those spraying, you know, those kind of spigots at the end where you spray. Well, I have a giant hole um, and just blew off like the bottom of the hose. Right? That's what happens. That's like a panic attack. So imagine that buildup of energy, and then whoosh, the energy just has to be released. So it comes out in this rush of sensation. So, you know, anyone that's had an anxiety or or panic attack or even mild feelings of anxiety, the heart racing, the disconnect, the feelings of um, being separate from your body, the heart, you know, as I said, the heart racing and maybe feeling like you can't breathe. These are all this intense sensation. And then once it's done, it's like a reset, right? So... When we're feeling the energy of anxiety, we really know that, hey, there's a lot of stuck energy in the system. And it releases just enough to make it so we can go on with life, like status quo, balance just enough. Um, and then it goes back, right? So, And we can talk about it, because we, 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 we're talking about anxiety or panic. Then we need to look at what is the gift of fear. We have to walk into our fear a little bit. And that's, you know, there's there's a certain aspect to fear. With that, I could do a whole show on this, right, the gift of fear. But just the gift of fear is really the gift of intuition. It's clarity. It's action. You know, when we're in a very, if we're in, if we're in the high energy of fear, if we're in the flowing fear state, there's this feeling of um, clarity that comes in that's really wonderful. And it it, it tells us, stop for a minute. Pay attention. Now act. What do you need to do? And if we're in a, um, like a, uh, a instinctual fear kind of place, many times we'll just act as, as, as we don't even know, like if we're driving a car and we're in a near, you know, car accident, our body will just take over, we'll just boom, and then afterwards we kind of stop. But many times with anxiety, the fear that's coming up, um, we have to stop and say, what is this about, Right? Is it about now, meaning is there anything that I have to act upon in this moment? Is there anything coming up that's calling for my attention because my survival is being um, threatened? And sometimes it is, but many times it's, it's old fear that's coming up. So maybe it's a call to release and heal some trauma, right? And, and we, can, we can use the gift of clarity that fear gives us to go into that space. Um, and I work with a lot of people in trauma, and there's certain ways to work through trauma and reintegrate it back into the system. Um, you know, anxiety can be hypervigilance caused by this stuck, unprocessed fear. 
Um, and it can also be also this, this sort of fear of the unknown, right, which is this, this no precise but nagging fear. Both need to be looked at. The other thing that fear can really tell us is that we're in a time of transition, right? The, the, the energy of fear is telling us, ah, you're afraid? Well, guess what? You are being challenged in your life to go from a place of conditional, conditional, habitual response to one where you are being asked to grow and do it differently. Right? Where we're going from a place of this is the way it's always been done, this is what I believe, this is how it should be done, this is how my life has been going, to one where we have to challenge all of those stories that we think, you know, that are true about us, that we have to challenge those beliefs and we have to relearn it in such a way. It's so if fear often takes us to the very edge of what we think we know and asks us to grow into something more. So when we utilize this energy, we can stop and go, okay, what's really going on here? Where is this fear coming from and what is the wisdom that it has to give me? And then how can I utilize that energy to move forward? Then we're using anxiety, we're using that, that energy to, to give us the wisdom that it needs to. And, the, and, and then once feelings give us that information, just as with the fire alarm metaphor, when we pay attention to the cause, the fire alarm will silence. And that's the, the great thing about it. When we actually feel our feelings, then we get the wisdom they are trying to teach us and we utilize the, their energy to create real healing in our lives. Because the truth is, as I said before, feelings give us the wisdom, but they give us the energy to act. Okay, let's take another feeling here. The wisdom and gift of anger. Anger is about boundary setting, right? So the gift of anger, when we're feeling angry, and I want you to feel that in your body, right? Because feelings are a very body-centered event. They're very physical. The gift of anger tells us that a, a boundary has likely been violated. It tells us that, A, we need to set a boundary. It tells us that we need to enforce a boundary. Or it tells us that someone has called us on something and they're right, meaning that we need to set or reset or take, take notice of an inner boundary. So, and, and, and feel what the energy of anger is, right? So the energy of anger, feel it in your body. It's, it, for me, I feel it in my solar plexus, and I feel like it's hot, and it's burning, and it's a fiery red color, and I feel energized, and I want to do something. So we have the wisdom. It says set a boundary, and we have the energy of that gets us to set a boundary. We have that burning hot energy. So we have the wisdom, and then we have the courage, the energy of courage to stand up and be assertive. So contrast that with sadness, right? And if we get into the energy of sadness, that's a very that's an emotion where we want to pull inward. We don't get that same feeling as anger. It's very different. We want to. Um, I feel it more in my heart, um, and I, I sort of want to pull around. I get a little cold. And, and I want to, to get in a, my covers, maybe in my bed, and just let go. I don't want to be around a whole bunch of people. I don't really want to speak very much. I just, I just am. And so we understand that. Now, what is the wisdom of sadness? Well, the wisdom of sadness tells us that it's time to let go of something that is no longer serving us to make room for something that is. It is the gift of endings and beginnings. It is the gift of rebirth and transformation. So that's the energy of sadness. Now, when we can utilize that energy and we consciously know I'm sad and I need to release, then we do things like we cry. We release that energy. Why? Because we're making room for something else. There's a new beginning coming. So sadness is about endings, but more importantly, it's about beginnings. So once we gain the wisdom from the feelings and we utilize the energy to act from that wise place, then feelings have done what they've needed to do. 
And then the energy then gets transformed into action and then feelings naturally dissolve. And there's the, the truth about feelings are two, um, and I love them. And the only way out is through. We, we are never going to be able to, to utilize our feelings without feeling them. Um, and then the other truth is this too shall pass. You know, feelings really are like the weather system of our inner psyche. And just as the weather changes minute by minute, um, day by day, so do our feelings because they have more wisdom to give us. So we just need to feel. What a concept, right? When people come up to me and they're like, I'm feeling, and that's an important piece to recognize. You know, when we haven't felt our feelings for a long period of time, we've been maybe numbing or distracting or or, or using um, logic or rationalizing, then, you know, when we saw back into our feelings, they can be pretty intense. I like to equate it to, if you've ever been, and because I live in the deep south, it doesn't happen often, but um, if you live somewhere cold and you go outside without gloves on, you know, when you, you're playing in the snow even, and you know how you get your hands get really, they're, they're really um, painful until they get cold, and then they get too cold? And they kind of go numb for a while. And you're like, that's that awesome time because they're numb, but you're still having fun. But then you come back in the house and they start to thaw out. Maybe you take a hot shower and they are downright painful. That's very similar to the intensity that happens when we start to get back in touch with our feelings. They can actually feel really intense. Um, And... That can be a challenge sometimes because you know we've we've gone from not having this sensation to having these sensations, and it's so it, it can feel intensely. And this too shall pass, and the only way out is through, right? The two laws that um, are so true about feelings that really once we get into the practice of utilizing our feelings and 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 honoring our feelings and working with our feelings, then that will diminish. But it's something to point out that oftentimes they can feel kind of intense in the beginning. It's something that we're, we've, it's new. You know, so I get a lot of people saying, once I start feeling, I'm never going to stop. It can feel that way. That's not how it works. You are absolutely meant to have feelings. Your body wants to have feelings. It wants to heal. It wants to find equilibrium. That's its point. It's what it's made for. So trust that. Um, and honestly, another point I'll make on that is if it, if the feelings get really intense and you're having a hard time working through them or um, if you're dealing with trauma or anxiety or panic and that kind of thing, then get help. I mean, it's it's really helpful to have someone to help navigate you and help you walk through this terrain that's maybe a little bit um, new for you. So get some help, right? Um, okay, moving on. So we really need to honor And we need to listen to the wisdom that feelings give us and then utilize the energy that that has been gifted to us to tell us and teach us just how to act. And I like to call this process making our feelings sacred. Because when we do that, right, and what does that word sacred mean? Sacred means we make them holy or blessed. We, We give them... We create meaning. When we make our feelings sacred, that does not mean that we, you know, hold them up on a pedestal um, or we, you know, just believe everything they say all the time, but that we create some space with them where we allow our feelings to teach us. And this is where we actually want to find balance between that intellect, what's going on here, and having our feelings, right? So that's the other piece is that we're going here is for balance. We want to create that sense of space to have our feelings and then that sense of balance of our intellect to be able to go, like, especially when we work with fear and anxiety, what is this about? Is it about now? Where is this coming from, right? So it can be helpful to do that. And so learning from our feelings being present to what they have to teach us is really important. 
Now, this is a, this might be a stretch to ask that we feel blessed even when we're in the midst of our pain. We may not be there yet. And that's absolutely okay. You know, if we've just been through a breakup, if we've just been through a major life event that, you know, we're still trying to wrap our head around, then just be in the feelings of it. You know, you're going to go through feelings of feeling um, all of the, the stages of grief and the stages of, of transformation and healing. So there might be times when you're sad and know that, okay, I'm just releasing. I'm just sad. Go with the sadness. I'm just allowing myself to release. And then you might have energy of anger where, it's, you know, you, you start realizing, hey, i got to set some boundaries here. That's cool. You know, you might get that. You might get some, um, and then you might even get into fear, right? What's going to happen? Oh, change is afoot. I'm embracing that change. As much as we can just allow the process to happen, then we go through the changes in our lives when we make it sacred. Then we can start to utilize the learning. Um, sometimes we can't get to the learning space until we've released enough emotion to actually create some space to look back on it and say, okay, there, there's wisdom here. You know, So wherever you are in the healing process or working with your feelings, that's right. You know, The first step is just allowing ourselves to have them. And that's really something that I don't, I don't think we are encouraged enough to do in our culture. You know, so when we make our pain sacred, it doesn't mean that we make it bigger or better. It means we go for wholeness. We love it. We just we just allow it to be there, which is really what healing is all about. When we have our feelings showing up, it can it can just it can bring in some compassion and empathy for ourselves to to integrate these parts of ourselves that might need to be we might need to be attending. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about some other feelings. And I have, you know, I work with, with people um, with this all the time because I say there is a gift of every feeling. There is no feeling that doesn't have wisdom. Um, and I think that, you know, we're sort of conditioned to believe that there are certain feelings that we want to have all the time, right? So like happiness and joy and contentment, these are feelings that we want. And if we're feeling any of the other feelings that contradict those, um, then, you know, we're, we're, we're in a bad state or we need to get out of that or something needs to change or shift. And I don't, I, I don't, I disagree. I think that the only way we can shift or change or move through any of our feelings is not by trying to block it and get to a space of happiness, but by going through it. So we've talked about the gift of sadness. Um, Let's talk about, we've talked about anxiety to some extent and fear and, you know, the gift of fear of that clear focus and readiness to act and awareness that comes in. And so we need to, you know, um, going further into the fear place because I think that's going on for a lot of people right now. There's so much change happening. There's so many people that are coming to see me where life has really given them sort of a, a left turn so to speak, where you've, or a, um, I like to call it a flap of reality, where you're going along, going along, everything's good, your life story is moving through, you know, and then the next thing you know, everything you thought that was um, the way that it was is being challenged. So, it, you know, the gift of fear tells us that we have transformation. Um, and it's the call and energy to take action. Again, something that was or is unsafe Right, so it can heal trauma. And one of the, the important pieces to remember about fear is that curiosity and fear cannot coexist. So when you're feeling a state of fear, the first thing we want to do with our feelings, okay, is we want to go and ask ourselves, what am I feeling? What is the sensation? Where is it in my body? Right? We'll do and, and then once we locate it, so fear to me, fear is in my throat, I think. Um, that's where I'm feeling, at least when I can tap into it and kind of channel it right now. It's, and it feels like it's hard to breathe. It kind of closes off a little bit. It um, it feels tense. When I'm in deep fear, I can almost disassociate a little bit where I feel like time slows down, which is important, right? That's the energy of fear. It, it gets us to slow down enough to take action. So when I'm in that sense, that's what we want to do with our feelings, right? We Number one, where are we feeling it in our body? And we 
located, and then what does it feel like? You know, if it had a temperature, what would it be? If it had a color, what would it be? Um, does it, re- you know, does it um, have a shape? Really get into what that is. And then, you know, what is it about? What is the wisdom here? You know, so if it's fear, we might ask ourselves, is there something to be afraid of right now? Do I need to take action in my life? Is something happening that's, that's really counterproductive to my, um, to my survival or safety? Do I need to take action? So that, that might be it. It might also be, is this about now, right? Did something happen that triggered a fear that's old? And if that's the case, what is that about? Do I need to do some trauma integration work, right? Do I need to, what do I need to pay attention to here? And once we get that call, then we can know where and how to act. But first, feel the feeling, feel it in our body. And then move. Then act. Then do whatever it is we need to do. So when we have that blocked wisdom of fear, though, we're going to get constant worry or anxiety. We could feel frozen. We could get panic. Um, We could get that idea of um, being really stuck in our logical mind, right? So how about, um, let's talk about one that we, we haven't maybe spoken about too much, is confusion. It's kind of an interesting one, right? I get a lot of people who go, I'm so confused. Well, confusion is an interesting, it's, it's sort of one of those, I like to call them those in-between states, Um Meaning, and it's kind of like boredom in that way, or depression, which is associated with sadness. Confusion is the emotional mask where we're just numbed out, right? And it's typically when we're in a numb state of fear. You know, so worry and anxiety is kind of like this space that we've been holding it down and holding it down. Well, if you go too far into the numbing space of it, then we go into, I have no idea what to do, right? So confusion is this feeling, feel that when you feel confused. We're, we're sort of in our heads and we, we almost, I feel myself shaking my head around. Well, confusion is the call and the energy to move inward, to move into our fear and find the wisdom. And it's also the energy and the need to get back into our body. Because when we're confused, we're very much in our heads. So when we're feeling that sense of confusion, get back into your body and ask yourself, where's the fear? Let's talk about um, one that we may not have, you know, we didn't. We talk about sadness. Let's talk about another one we have, which is guilt, right? Or, or, it's, or it's more insidious cousin, shame. That's, that's a lot of us have that one. Okay, well, guilt, what is it? Where do you feel it? Okay, all of a sudden when I start feeling guilt and especially shame, I start getting hot. I feel it in my skin. And I, I think I feel it a little bit in my solar plexus a little bit, maybe even lower, right? Where, and I'm feeling hot. I'm feeling, there's an energy of almost embarrassment there. So, what does guilt tell us? Okay, so we feel guilty. Well, the the energy um, or the wisdom, it's, it's telling us we violated one of our values or truths. That, and and guilt gives us the energy of healthy judgment and morals and discernment of, of right and wrong. So guilt really gives us the it gives us the wisdom and then the energy to make amends somewhere. That we need to maybe make amends to another, or maybe we need to make amends to ourselves to really claim self compassion and true humility, which is self acceptance. So guilt is merely that. Now how about shame? Because that's deeper than guilt. Whereas guilt is sort of defined as I've done something bad and I need to make amends. Shame is I am bad. So I, that's more about healing our relationship to ourselves. So this is a deep violation of our inner, of our, of our inner selves that um, somehow we feel unworthy. So shame and worthiness go hand in hand. Now, the, the gift and the wisdom of shame is the energy to be vulnerable, to be open, to start telling our story. And this is the, the, the walk, right, the journey that leads us to true humility and self-compassion, which leads to healing and to wholeness. So if we have deep shame, what it's, it's the call 
to create compassion and self-acceptance. It's, it's, it's the end of our judgment of ourselves and saying that we're bad and we've done something wrong and we need to be punished in some way. It's the, it's the revealing of and then the challenging of what happens when we feel less than and worthiness. And just kind of as an aside, shame and um, money issues go hand in hand. So when I have someone that's coming in and they have um, blocks around money, oftentimes we'll be working with the energy of shame um, because if we have blocks around money, then it's directly related to um, worthiness and specifically about the energy of giving and receiving. Because when we're in a shame place, when we're in a shame um, energy, we feel like we're not worthy of anything, right? And so receiving becomes an issue. So, you know, if we have blocked shame, so say shame is 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 alive and well, but we're kind of ignoring it or it's blocked in our bodies, it's not flowing, then we can get into places of self-punishment, right, or perfection, that's one of the ways we try to manage, that's one of the ways we try to manage shame. If we can just perfect everything around us, then maybe we won't feel so bad. Maybe we can um, we can convince everyone else of our worthiness, then we will feel worthy. Um, it can also cause some silence where we just pull inward into ourselves and we get very detached. So that's, that's the energy of... Of, of guilt and it's maybe more intense cousin shame. Um, and, and guilt is more about actions, as I said, and, and shame is, is more based in our identity. So it's about making a, a you know, it's, 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 it's atonement, the energy of atonement on both of them. One is more an atonement maybe towards others, and shame is more of an atonement to ourselves. Um, so this is a very... You know, those two run rampant. I see those a lot. How about jealousy and envy? That's a fun one. We'll end here. Because a lot of people hate that one. Jealousy and envy, boy, there's a lot of shame attached to that one. Um, You know, people will come up to me and kind of whisper it to me, like, I'm so jealous. All right. Um, Jealousy is is a wonderful thing to embrace because it tells us, hey, um, it's the energy of, of, and it's the energy and the journey to contentment and ambition, and purpose, and security, because it's the energy, and it's the wisdom and the energy to take notice of of your purpose and direction by noticing what is missing in your life. So when you say, you know, oh, I wish I had that thing, you're really asking yourself, okay, where do I need to grow? Now, often what we do with it is we we symbolize what it is that we're looking for with an object. So we, we have to be careful with this one that we say, I want that car, right? I want that sports car. Well, I, perhaps, but sports car aside, what does that represent to you, right? And a lot of times what I'll hear with that kind of thing would be freedom. You know, it feels, it, it represents freedom. Aha. So what you, that your soul is asking you, right, the, the gift of, of jealousy or envy is bringing up in you is saying, you need freedom. Where in your life are you feeling trapped? Where do you need to grow? Where do we need to develop the courage to grow into our fear, right? Because the thing with jealousy sometimes is that we want freedom, but then we're afraid on just how to to make that happen because it ha- we maybe have to set a boundary so we should channel anger there or, or assertiveness, right? Um, or, you know, we, we can channel um, the energy of sadness, of maybe we need to let go of parts of our, our psyche that's holding us back from getting that, that freedom in some way in our life. So jealousy and envy is a wonderful thing when it's when it's flowing. When it's blocked, we can get into stuff like suspicion or doubt or micromanaging or greed or even selfishness. Because what's happening is we're 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 not allowing the energy to tell us what it needs to tell us. Ah, we need freedom. Good. Let's go find that. 
in our life. Instead, we're fixating on um, grass is always greener or I need that thing, right? We're trying, I call it rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. We're trying to fix our outer part of our life so we don't feel this jealousy. Right? Oh, that's because it's a bad one. We don't want to feel that. When I say feel it, right, and I say feel that to all our feelings, you know, we're, we're going to have moments of sadness. We're going to have moments of fear. We're going to have moments of jealousy and envy and shame and guilt. And we're going to have elements of happiness and joy and contentment. You know, we're going to have all of that. So why not embrace all of it? You know, the, 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 the stuff that we may not like to feel and the stuff that we, we do enjoy. Now, happiness is an awesome one, but happiness... You know, it's a dangerous emotion because the moment we feel happy, often we can sabotage ourselves. So the gift of the call and the energy gift of, of happiness is really we need to expand our field of abundance. We need to own this, this gratitude. We need to own this feeling of abundance and let it travel through us by utilizing gratitude. Because many, many times when we have happiness, we... We move right through it, and we sabotage ourselves, right? So we have to do as much work on our happiness as we do on all of our other emotions. Well, that's our show for this evening, and I appreciate listening in, and I appreciate your comments and your feedback. So if you'd like, you can find me at Mind, Body, Spirit, U. That's the letter U. And if you'd like to learn more about your feelings and how you can best utilize them in your own life, feel free to get in touch with me. And I look forward to seeing you next month. Have a great Memorial Day. Thanks for listening.